everybody. So thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast today. Uh, we are very excited to uh, jump into some updates in the news out there, um, as well as talk about a little bit about the NBA draft, um, a little bit of why it's a joke nowadays. Uh, so we will be discussing that. And so Aurora was, you know, doing some doing some breakdowns on her end. Um, you know, we've we always like to spend our time doing some research, things like that. Aurora loves to go through some old data, and what she has found is that over time, um, over time, what happens is you end up where you see the trend and a pattern of the NBA draft <laughs> really being a joke. And we'll jump into that here in a little bit. Um, right now, we will start off with a little bit of an update on the NBA playoffs, okay? So, as many of you probably know, especially if you listen to the podcast, the NBA playoffs are rocking and rolling. We are down to eight teams at this point, and the series are kind of starting to take some shape. And with that, we will start with the Clippers Jazz, okay? Now, it is... Aurora and my opinion that the Jazz will win this series. We had thought the Jazz would win the series <clears throat> from the beginning uh, before the series started. And it is trending that way so far. Uh, the Clippers did get their first win of the series when they went home for the first home game for them in this series. Um, and the stars really seem to align in that one. You know, Paul George went off. Kawhi Leonard went off. They had a lot of help on the bench. So guys were stepping up, hitting shots, doing what they needed to do. Um, yeah, Donovan Mitchell got hurt in the fourth, but the game was pretty much sealed at that point for the Clippers. Donovan Mitchell has said that he will be fine and back in action for game four. That is great news because without him, yeah, this series definitely has a completely different look on it. Okay, so um, I don't expect it to continue for the Clippers uh, to continue to win games. You know, I think, and we've talked about it before, Kawhi Leonard. Um, really gets in a mentality to play to the level of his competition. And, you know, at some point, that will bite you in the butt. Um, I think they've given up games they shouldn't have given up. Um, you know, even in the Dallas series, they've given up games they shouldn't given up. And uh, I think it happened during the regular season as well. It just seems that, you know, if he thinks that it's, it's a done deal and they should end up winning the series, he just doesn't come out with that attack uh, every single game. And that definitely hurts this team. So I believe that, yes, they won that last game. I think they might come out a little bit lackadaisical to start the game four. And I believe they might get themselves in a little bit of trouble where they're not able to get a big lead. Because they need a big lead up against this Jazz team. They are deep. They have solid, consistent play right now. And they will consistently put up a good effort. So you got to get a big lead early on, I think, with them. Um, at least at least by early in the second half. Um to, to beat them if you're the Clippers. You just don't have the, the defensive power across the board to really you know consistently stop them with Donovan Mitchell going off and some of the other guys on the team that really can just hit some big shots. So this series, I believe, will continue to go the way that we believe. Um, I think it's going to end up being a six-game series, uh, but I believe that the Jazz win the next game. I actually think that Kawhi and them will you know take over the game after that and then Finally, the Jazz will win to clinch the series, um, actually, in L.A. So, we'll see how that plays out. Um, but, yeah, very interesting series there. Maybe they tie it up and it gets even more interesting as we go. But I am rooting for the Jazz. I'd like to see Donovan Mitchell uh, get what he deserves because he is a bad man. He is really getting after it. So, 
Um, yeah, next up, uh, Suns up 3-0 against the Nuggets. And, you know, I know a lot of people probably didn't anticipate this happening, but, man, you know, Aurora and I really thought this would be an opportunity um, that this could happen where it could be a sweep, right? Now, it may not. You know, maybe the Nuggets go in there and steal a game, but, man, that last game that they played on Saturday, man, <laughs> or not Saturday, but Friday, Jokic put up as good of a game as he could. I mean, he he put everything out there on the court. He did everything in the stat sheets. I don't know how he can go out there and do more, and he has to. He has to do more for that team to win. Um just don't see it happening, guys. Don't see it happening. Uh, I think it will be a sweep, um, and we kind of saw this coming, you know, just consistently from a team standpoint. The Suns just have a lot of firepower in all the right positions uh, to make this, you know, a, a really good matchup for them. And I think that's what we're seeing. Over time, it's going to get more and more in favor of the Suns, and that's really what's going to end up setting up your team um, moving forward is, you know, you got the Suns um, just – outlasting you from a consistency standpoint. Now, you know, again, they're not at full strength. The Nuggets are not at full strength. If they had Jamal Murray, man, this would be a completely different series. We'd be talking about a completely different op different thing here because they'd be able to put up enough points. But I just don't think they can put up enough consistent points um, with their team to match what the Suns are doing. So, we believe it's going to be a sweep. I think they're going to end up taking it tonight because uh, we are actually recording this on Sunday, uh, the 13th. So um, I think they'll end up taking this series. And if they don't, that's great. You know, we'd love to see Jokic play a little bit more. But, yeah, I think the Suns are going to end up taking this one overall, If even if they don't uh, end up sweeping tonight. And then you got the Sixers are up 2-0 on the Hawks. Okay. The Sixers should win every game moving forward, guys. And we said this before, the Sixers do not adjust well. That first game back, um, getting used to Embiid back in the lineup, yes, they dropped that to the Hawks, but they have won the next They won the next two games fairly, I mean the last game fairly handedly um, in Atlanta. So if they can go out there, put on the same effort, I think they will. They should be fine moving forward. Um, I think it's going to go five games. I don't think that Atlanta is going to get one more win out of this series. I really don't. Embiid is too dominant. Um, they understand their roles. They're back in their flow of their offense. They're not having to make any adjustments unless some injuries come their way. I think they're going to be fine to end up taking the rest of this series, um, you know, moving forward. Okay. Now, here's interesting news. Um, we are currently watching, at the time of this recording, this series uh, between Brooklyn and Milwaukee, right? So, um, interesting series. Uh, you know, Brooklyn took the first two games fairly handily. Um, and then, man, the Bucks came out there and, you know, kind of fought back. You know, gave a good counter at home. Uh, won game three. Now, the very interesting thing that just happened as we are watching, Kyrie Irving is walking to the locker room with, uh, looks like maybe a knee, maybe a knee issue. Could be ankle, maybe knee or knee or ankle issue we're not really listening right now because we have to put it on mute while recording the podcast but he, he's got some type of leg uh injury there uh going on so that is definitely not good we will keep track of that as it goes um and see what happens with the series but right now uh brooklyn is uh down four points with Kyrie leaving the game um 
ultimately, I think it was going in favor of Milwaukee um, anyway. I think Milwaukee was, you know, they're, they're hitting some great threes. They're shooting well tonight. I mean, even in game three of the series, they weren't, they didn't shoot the ball that well, but they ended up winning that game. It was a good defensive battle for them. So if they can play some solid defense, um, you know, I think they're going to be fine, actually. Uh, and, and again, I said this, I don't think that Kyrie and uh, Kevin Durant by themselves can will this team. Now, Blake Griffin is playing like it's playing like he's in college again. So that's definitely what they need. They need Joe Harris to continue stepping up, hitting three-pointers, and Jeff Green to continue playing the way he's playing. And I don't think they're going to continue doing that. Joe Harris does get a bit streaky at times, and he can have some cold spells or spells where he doesn't want to shoot the ball. And he needs to be aggressive, shoot the ball when he's open. Um, any light of day he gets, he needs to take those shots. So we'll see what happens. Um, again, kind of wrapping it up um, as of right now, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks are up two points and um, just turned the ball over to Brooklyn. So we'll see. We'll see. I think um, if Kyrie can't return to this game, I think Milwaukee's going to end up taking this game as well, evening up the series. If Kyrie comes back, it could shift the entire game. So I can't really tell you how the flow is going to change right now, but the way it is going currently, if he doesn't come back, I don't. I don't see Brooklyn being able to take this one. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I do think overall that Brooklyn's going to win this series. Sadly, um, I don't want to see them. I, I don't like to see teams who are, you know, who bought their way to winning games, who didn't develop players, who didn't naturally try to develop teams. Um, I don't like teams like that to end up winning. I really don't. I hate it. Um, I want to see teams who drafted guys, brought them up, maybe signed a couple free agents here and there, um, you know, but not not just bought their way to a big team overnight. And that's what Brooklyn is. So I really don't want to see them end up winning a title, um, but I do think they're going to end up winning this series, sadly. Um, so, yeah, and with that being said, um, we still kind of have the same mindset, you know, Suns versus uh, Jazz, Sixers versus Nets. Um, yeah, I think Sixers... I think Sixers Suns end up going to the finals. I think it'd be a great series if that happens, guys. So we'll see. We'll keep it updated. Uh, maybe it'll change, um, you know, after we see how this game ends up finishing. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Um, we will talk about the NBA draft. All right, here's the thing. There's a lot of hype about the NBA draft, guys. Um, there's always a lot of hype about the NBA draft. I understand it. I mean, it's it's great. There should be a lot of hype about it. You know, these are the next generation of players coming in uh, to the NBA. I understand. I get it. But at the same time, guys, the NBA draft is not what it used to be. The NBA draft is a joke nowadays. It really is. It really is a joke because teams have gotten so greedy. Here's what happens. Here's what happened. You got teams back in the day that drafted guys like Kobe. They drafted... Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady. They drafted Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, LeBron James. They drafted these guys, Allen Iverson, right? They go, they draft these guys, and then guess what? Overnight, they become competitors. They become contenders, okay? Which is what every team wants. Every team wants to be a contender, so overnight, you saw these teams make a jump. Okay, and this was in the 90s, right? This was in the 90s. You know, 94, Kevin Garnett won his MVP, whatever. Allen Iverson made those runs. Like This was in the 90s, you know, maybe early 2000s, that you saw this trend happening. 
And then what happened was a lot of those players were high school players, okay? And yes, a lot of people are going to get on to me because, you know, oh, you're against players, you know, not going to college. Yeah, I am. I am. But I'm not sitting here saying, I will never tell you that players cannot be ready out of high school. Players can't be ready earlier than other players. No, that's absolutely factual. Players will be ready. There are certain players who can be ready to go to the NBA right out of high school, right out of their first year of college. I get that. I understand that. However, those are unicorns. Those are guys that you don't see all the time. Those are the, those are special generational players. Those are the LeBron Jameses, okay? The Kevin Garnetts, the Tracy McGrady's, the Vince Carters, the Kobe Bryant's. You, do you guys do you guys see a trend here? They're Hall of Fame legendary players. Legendary. Not every draft is going to have one of those. Seriously. Not every draft is going to have one of those. But NBA teams are sitting there, and they got so greedy seeing what happened to the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, when they went and got LeBron James and it turned them around overnight. When they, when they, had, um, when they had other guys go out there and completely change the franchise around, you know, uh, uh, Kevin Durant, you know, when he went in the league. You know, and, and you see Steph Curry and kind of what he's done, like, you see this happen, and these other teams got envious, right? The other teams sat there and said, oh, we got to make that happen. We got to go out there, and we got to draft the next generational guy. We got to draft the next LeBron James, the next Kevin Durant, the next whatever. Okay, fine. I get that you want to do that, but there may not even be one of those in your draft. There may not even be one of those, but they always think that if they don't go out there and get the top young stud, someone else is going to get it, and then they're sitting there watching somebody else have success, okay? I get it. I really do. But this has created the one-and-done mentality in college basketball because NBA teams used to, used to sit back and not want to go after freshmen. They used to not want to go after sophomores. You want to know why? Because they weren't ready, guys. Because most of the time, more times than not, they were not ready to go to the NBA and play. They really weren't. Now, the NBA has issues with, like, you know, being able to play defense. And, you know, maybe that plays into this. Maybe they, maybe more guys could be ready for the NBA now because there's not a lot of defense being played. But... That's why you see some guys get in the postseason, and now all of a sudden they're awful and they can't progress their team because they don't know how to play against good defense. Like So there's holes there regardless. But teams used to be in the philosophy of, we're not going to go after those guys because they're probably not ready, and they'd stay away from them. And I think that was legitimately true, and I think that kept teams from making bad decisions. Then you had a stream of players during the time that, you know, Darko Milicic, Kwame Brown, guys like that, that wasted top-level draft picks. And I think people were spurred by that a little bit too and said, okay, yeah, we need to stay away from that because you really can't evaluate guys properly in one year of college. You can't evaluate them properly if they've only been in high school. You can't. You really can't. You can't give a proper evaluation to a guy that you only see bits and pieces of their high school footage. You can't do that. Like It makes a lot of sense. You know, if, the, if a guy's a quarterback at a college and he plays one season, I don't know if you should be ready to make him your franchise quarterback because what if he just had one good year? And that can happen. 
Same thing in college basketball. So, you know, it created the one and done because teams got away from it. Teams said, oh, well, we need to get the next LeBron. We need to get the next Kevin Durant. We need to get this. We need to get that. Oh, this guy's a freshman, and he looks like he could be the next LeBron James. He could be the next Kevin Durant or Kevin Garnett. He could be that. So they so they sought after them, and players heard it. Players heard the feedback. Players heard what were being said about them, and those college players said, okay, we want to go to the NBA now because we're going to get drafted as a high draft pick. But what that has caused... What that has caused is more top-level draft picks every year to be busts, literally, to go to the NBA and end up being trash, end up not having a career, not being successful. That is why this is happening, is because those players know, I'm going to be a top-level draft pick, I'm going to get my big contract, and yeah, I may not be ready, but it doesn't matter, they're going to pay me now. So they leave. So the one and done is a huge issue in college basketball. I've talked about it, I've talked about it before. It's a big issue. I hate it. I can't stand it. They need to go four years of college. If you think a guy is really ready to come out of high school and you're willing to take the risk on taking him, sure, go ahead. But everyone has to take a risk now because everyone's scouting after every little freshman they can get. And seniors and juniors who are proven, who are ready to go right away, are being overlooked. Look at the history of it. Chris Paul, right? He went to Wake Forest. He didn't leave as a, a freshman or a sophomore. Look at Rajon Rondo, great point guard in the NBA. He didn't leave as a freshman or sophomore. Look at Jason Kidd. He didn't leave as a freshman or sophomore. Look at the top legendary all-around great point guards of the generation right now that just recently retired and all that. They went to school for more years, guys. This is a trend that you see, okay? And then what happens? You get guys who come out of college younger than those guys. You get Russell Westbrook. You get guys like... Um, look, look at the difference. Look at the difference between Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard consistently puts his team in the playoffs and has a chance to compete. Now, yes, there's not enough around him to win, but Russell Westbrook has been on teams where he is the guy. And you know what? His team's not as good as Portland. Portland is consistently going to be a better team. And Portland has a all-around better point guard in Damian Lillard. Now, all-around better scorer, better athlete? Oh, 100%. Russell Westbrook. But Damian Lillard is a better overall player. 100%. And people will argue with me on that, but I'll take that all day. And I can give you so many stats to back it up. Damian Lillard makes people around him that much better. Russell Westbrook makes people around him that much worse. Paul George did horrible when he was in OKC. Okay, They went to the playoffs and was garbage. Now he's playing with Kawhi Leonard, and he's playing much better. Because Kawhi Leonard allows guys around him to be better. So anyway, getting back to that, look at Kawhi Leonard. He was in college for a while. Damian Lillard was in college for a while. Those guys have been great since they got in the league from day one. They worked hard. They knew what to do. They knew how to adjust because they did it already in college. And they got the right coaching to get well-rounded. But then you get guys that come in the league, Russell Westbrook, who doesn't have a great jump shot. Why didn't he develop a great jump shot? He wasn't in college long enough to develop one. Okay, It wasn't forced on him. And now he's stuck in this mode of, no, I know what I am. I'm athletic. 
I'm a score inside. I'm an attack, 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 attack. That's what I do. Okay, you're stuck in that. You don't have a well-balanced all-around game like some of these other players because you didn't go to college where you learned those things. You learned to be well-rounded, and that will happen. Yes, I am not going to say that, you know, I'm not going to say that there are no, there are players that can't come out in their freshman year and be amazing, and that was the right move for them. Okay, Zion Williamson absolutely should have come out as a freshman. He should have come out of high school and went straight to the NBA. He would have been ready, okay? He would have been ready to compete at the NBA. You know, he wouldn't have been at his prime, that's for sure, but he would have been ready. Anthony Davis, amazing generational player, okay? And now, you know, I think LeBron James has stunned his career now, but before that, I mean, yeah, he's great. Right from the get-go, he was a great player, okay? But then you get guys who come out and, you know, it's like, oh, they're a number one pick, number two pick, whatever. And it's like, you know, they really start struggling. Look, look at guys that came from UK, which is the big place of the one and done. Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox, I think he was number four draft pick, something like that. He was drafted very high. And he really struggled. He really struggled because he wasn't ready, guys. He was not ready. RJ Barrett really struggled his freshman year in NBA because he wasn't ready. You give him one more year in college, he would have been where he's at this year, which was pretty good player. He worked and got better all season. And guess what? Next year, he'll probably be close to his prime. He will be a good, solid, scoring, consistent player. But guess what? The team, teams should try and draft that type of player so they can have it the next year. But teams are stuck, again, in this greedy mindset of trying to get the next LeBron, the next whatever, and they go after as young of players as they can and hope they get lucky. And they're just taking risks, more and more risks, every single year. Guys, the NBA has had this issue, and teams want to just have their their team changed overnight with the draft. It's not going to happen like that nearly as much in today's NBA. It's not going to happen nearly as much. And what happens is the teams that are rich just get richer, okay? You get older veteran players in college that get drafted later in the draft to really good teams already, and they come in and they're well-rounded. They know how to play their role. They know how to do their thing, and they become solid role players on really good teams, and those teams just get better and better and more packed every year. That's what ends up happening. So... I just really think you need to fix this, okay? The Hornets took Chris Paul, and you know, he was a veteran player. And yeah, it changed him overnight, just like LeBron James did for the Cavaliers. Get that. But it takes three to four years for these guys to progress and be ready, okay? Again, guys like Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson, yes. They could have went to the NBA and they could have done it. I get it. But guys, why are we taking such a risk with all these guys' careers? Why are they looking at the short-term money right away? Why can no one practice patience? Patience is a virtue, and no one in basketball at all has patience anymore. It's always get that contract, go to the NBA, you know, skip school, go pro as soon as you can. Oh, NBA teams, oh, don't, don't wait on this guy, don't wait on that guy. Go get him now, and then you'll have him. Like, okay, but your team's not going to change. And then what happens? You get a team like the Sixers who beat the system. The Sixers said, you know what? We know it's going to take a while for these guys to be good. We know it's going to take a little bit for them to mature. 
So let's just spend some years and be awful every year and load up on these guys. And by the time they start getting good, they're all going to get good together and we'll be a dynasty. And that's what they've done. So yeah, they had to let go of some of them. You know, Michael Carter Williams and things like that. Some of those guys did not, you know, Markel Fultz, like, yeah. Some of those guys did not pan out the way they wanted them to. However, they got Ben Simmons, they got Joel Embiid, and they brought in Tobias Harris in free agency. That's a team I can root for. They drafted their two best players. They brought in one guy in free agency as a, as a, a more of a veteran than those two. And now they're developing their team the right way. I don't mind that. I don't mind that they beat the system because you know what they did? They said, we're going to do this knowing these guys aren't ready. We're going to do this with the mindset that they're not going to be ready. Even though everybody said Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, they're generational players. They were not. Joel Embiid got to sit and wait one year because of his injury, okay? That helped him a lot. And I think a lot of people will start to understand this, that even one year, not even playing, just seeing the game, learning the game will help. But Ben Simmons definitely struggled. He definitely struggled. Okay, and then he got better. All right now, that's what happens. That's what happens. You draft these guys; they're gonna struggle. Kevin Knox, he's struggling. He's gonna get to his prime, and he's gonna end up being a good all player, good overall player. But you could have had a good overall player if you just waited to draft him. You could have had a good overall player right away. But teams are taking these guys who are not ready, and it's not saying that they're all not ready. But it's saying that why keep taking the risk so much with these guys? Seriously, why keep taking the risk? What does it hurt? What does it hurt to make these guys stay in college all for a year so you get four years of evaluation? And every year when the draft happens, you know more of what you're going to get. Julius Randle, he looked to be garbage. Terrence Jones was not ready for the NBA. Both those guys went to UK. Both of them played a very similar game. Julius Randle's just now getting where, okay, he's a solid, consistent NBA player. You know what? That took him four or five years to get there. Whereas if he had come out of college, he would have been more NBA ready right away. And that's what I'm trying to get across, guys. Like, just take the time and understand. Go back and look at the stats. Go back and look at the players. Look at Steve Nash. Look at some of the best point guards. Look at some of the smart players in the game right now. When you look at a guy and say, oh, you know what? He's a smart player. Look at him. And they probably went to college longer. And then you get these teams that they're continuously going to be stuck in the middle. Because they're going to they're gonna go after these young guys who aren't even top of the list. But they're still going to go after a young guy and hope that he can be a great. And he's probably not. So their team's just going to stay middle of the pack every single year. You know? And you just look at teams that have a ton of those guys. And it's just sad to kind of see that. But... You know, I, I hope that they can fix it. Um, I hope they can get to understanding that, you know, you can turn your franchise around overnight still. But you got to stop letting all these different draft classes and year classes of players get mixed up all around. Okay? Make every player go to college for... Okay, look, if you don't want to do four years, make them all go for at least three years. And then what's going to happen is next year, all the freshman class... They're not going to go to the NBA right away. Right now, you've got it where there's no legitimately good seniors or juniors available because they've all been drafted somewhere at some point in the draft by the time they get to a junior or senior. And a lot of those juniors and seniors, they'll come in the league and they'll play really well in the beginning and they'll be really good rookies in the beginning and they'll kind of taper off because they don't have 
the full skill set of some of these younger guys who start developing later. But if you make them all go, you're going to end up keeping your cream of your crop in college basketball, which essentially helps elevate the NCAA, helps them have better talent all, all the time. And then when they get drafted to go to the NCAA or the NBA, you've got less and less chance of taking a bust because you've got more years watching them play. They're, they're going to be definitely have a better chance to be more NBA-ready because they got more experience playing at the college level. And you are going to have players all coming in around the same like age. So they're all coming the same round of age. So you can compare apples to apples. It's so hard to evaluate. And you're never going to be able to properly evaluate NBA drafts anymore because they're all different ages, different experiences, different skill sets. There's nothing to be compared to apples to apples, and teams are just going to continue to make mistake after mistake after mistake when they're drafting. And that's why you end up seeing guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo go really late in drafts. You see a guy like Luka Doncic, who's not a number one pick, end up being the, the best player from that draft. You see all these guys that can step up later in drafts now because those guys took their time, got more consistent, spent more time in college, whatever, and they made themselves ready right away. Or, you know, they, they played overseas and they got a lot of experience overseas and now they're NBA ready. But all these guys up at the top that you're taking are guys that are freshmen that have more likely chance that they're not ready. And I just wouldn't do it, guys. I wouldn't I wouldn't be a part of that system. Why do you got to conform to it? Just, it's sad because everybody's kind of had to follow the same pace now. Everybody has to take freshman after freshman after freshman. Because if you don't, you know, you don't have a chance at that guy booming and being a boom player. Yeah, but it's still a ton of risk. So it's it's even more of a lottery. Like it, it, like, it doesn't matter if you have a number one pick or a number 15 pick. You have just as much chance of a guy being an amazing stud as being a bust anymore because you really can't evaluate these guys the right way so i just hope they can fix it again i think it's a joke i think it's ridiculous don't worry about it like take whatever you can if you're the teams you know take whatever player you think's the best but just know and understand you know you, you, you can't change your team overnight anymore in the nba the way that you used to the draft lottery doesn't make all that much of a difference and the way that players just ship off teams and request trades and demand trades and all that crap nowadays you're probably not even going to keep that player into his third to fourth year anyway. So it doesn't really matter. It's just a complete joke to me. More and more teams are just buying their way to being competitive. And it's really a shame. That's why I root for teams like the Bucks. That's why I root for teams like the Sixers right now. It's not because I love those teams. I love those cities. It has nothing to do with that. All it is is they have built their team instead of paying for their team. Buying their team. Um, and that's that's the thing that I respect about it. But yeah, anyway, what do you guys think? Um, you know, do you think the NBA draft still has a ton of value? Do you think it's still it's going in the right direction? Or do you think it was better earlier in years? Do you think it was better, you know, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, when guys who you saw at the number one spot in the draft, like the top three guys, it, was, it seemed like there's a lot more consistency there. And guys that come in were more NBA ready right away. It didn't take them half of their rookie season to get it to understand the game and things like that, like the mellow ball. It took him a while to get – he's still not consistent. So what do you guys think? Let me know what you think. Um, let me know if you think it's something that needs to be fixed. I personally think it does. Aurora thinks that it does. Um, 
But yeah, we'll see as it goes. Um, and yeah, uh, that being said, we'll let you guys get back to your day. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe. Um, if you enjoyed the content, send it out to some friends. We have our Facebook email below. So feel free, reach out, let us know what's going on. Um, let us know if there's anything we can do to make the channel more exciting for you guys. Um, yeah, and you'll hear from us on Wednesday. So thank you. Have a great one.